The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. After a long day's work and a good meal, a little rest wouldn't hurt. Okay. I don't want to wake him. All right, just take off these shoes. Okay. And I'm going to lie at his feet. Yeah. Just like me and Naomi discussed. <gasps> Who are you? I'm your servant, Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true, that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night. And in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as sure as the Lord lives, I will do it. Just lie here with me until morning. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Okay, I'll lie here till morning. Naomi and Ruth met Boaz, who happens to be one of the very few people who was actually capable of redeeming them. This week we are focusing on Ruth chapters 3 and 4. We are closing out the book of Ruth, discussing and exploring the relevance of this book in the Bible. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right. Welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Episode, I don't know which one this is going to be. I, I think it's know. 72. I might be wrong. Oh, yeah. Either way, we're, 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 this week we're doing Ruth again. But before we do that, thank you everyone for tuning in each and every week. If you uh, like what you hear, please definitely share it with a friend this week. I want to make it a challenge. Everyone who actually listens this week, whether you're listening on um, Spotify, YouTube, especially YouTube because it's super easy, but share it with at least one person. Just share it with one person. I mean, we definitely appreciate the love and support from everyone who listens. 
share it. We're definitely trying to grow and extend our reach. And we already see God working and God blessing us. Definitely hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. It helps our podcast out tremendously. We definitely appreciate it again. And yeah. So this week, I think, well, yeah, the thought, granted roots are awesome things. I can't wait to actually finish this book. But um, it's something I posted today and it was on my mind. And it was Galatians 6, 9. And it essentially says, do not be wary. Oh, let me just read it. I should have had this up. Slack on my part. But yeah, Galatians 6, 9 is a, is a, is a, is a, really, good, is a really good verse. It, I remember when we was going over Galatians with, when we were studying Leviticus, uh-huh. it's a nice little contrast, but I, I love the New Testament because it's like it gives a a different side of the coin, a like, fresh perspective, to, right? Compared to the Old Testament, it definitely does, and it yeah, it breeds more life into it, and it puts more things in different contexts. So Galatians six nine says, "Let us not become weary in doing good, for in the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up." Hmm. And depends on which version you read. I think it was in the actual ancient Hebrew or Greek that that do not give up means like do not lose heart. Mm. And it's interesting because this thing says, let us not be, let us not be wary in doing good. And I remember like, I think it's cause you had this saying a lot, like, um, no good deed goes on, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because there's a lot of times when you do good, but you still get burnt. And when you do good and things still don't work out the way you think it should work out or, or you get the short end of the stick. But we've seen the Bible is saying like, do not be wary in doing good because in the proper time, you will reap your harvest if you don't give up, if you don't lose heart. Because I know how easy it is to do good, do something that you feel like you should be like rewarded from all, at least not get a shot in the stick. And you just like say, bro, I'm not doing that again. You kind of close yourself up, bro. I ain't helping nobody no more. I ain't giving to this charity or something else no more. But see, the Bible say, don't lose heart. In the proper time, you will also reap your harvest. So I just say, like, don't be discouraged in what you're going through. They're like, do not be discouraged. Keep up the good fight. Keep up the good work. Keep on helping others because, you know, my logic is, and this might be flawed or this might be. I guess, idealistic. But the reason why I like helping people, because I say, you know what? Even if it doesn't come back to me, it might come back to somebody I love. Whether that's a friend, a family member, sister, brother, mother, cousin, like someone might be saying like, I'm going to help you out just because I know Earl was a good person or helped me out or not even be that. But it's, it's amazing how sometimes when you plant a seed, you, you never know where that seed is going to come up. It might come up for you or it might come up for somebody else. And if it comes up for somebody else who you love, it's just like it's coming up for you because that's even that maybe a burden that you don't have to come up with, or it might be like someone helping out your loved one that really needs to help, and you can't help them, but they got your back regardless. So, in due time, that harvest is going to come up, whether it's for you or someone you love. But like, do not grow weary because it always comes back, and sometimes bro, it comes back tenfold, and you don't even know. Bro, that and that's beautiful because like with me, I I took the approach of saying that. Certain things I will do because either because someone showed me how good it feels when someone did this good thing for me or because I know that if I'm in this predicament, I I would like for someone to do that to me. Like it's like following the golden rule. Mm-hmm. But what has been most disheartening for me, bro, is when let's say every time I see somebody asking for money, I give them money, give them money, give them money. Like every time it all fail. And now I ask for money. 
and no one gives me money. As a matter of fact, people who I know have money, this is a hypothetical, people who I know <laughs> have money tell me no. And it's just that they just being mean to me. Like to me, that's disheartening because in my mind, I'm like, bro, I did all of this to protect myself. I did all of this good so that good could come back to me. Right. But, and, and, and I had to come across that, 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 that verse earlier this year, because I was like, bro, things happen to me that I would never do to somebody that as a matter of fact, I detest these things. And I make it a point never to do these things. Cause I would never want this to happen to me. And it's still happening to me. And I, I think about, I think about not getting wary and doing well, right? For in due season. So I, when, when I have these thoughts, like, man, I shouldn't have do, I shouldn't have do all this good, bro. And this still happened to me. That's me being wary, right? But then mm-hmm. listen, listen to what Jesus say, Luke chapter six, verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even, mm. sinner lo- even sinners love those <laughs> who love them. <laughs> so he was mm. like, bro, literally, you ain't, bro, you ain't no different than sinners, evil people, whatever, if you only love those who love you. Part of loving is doing good by people or doing good for people. You know, Jesus Jesus talked a lot about, you know, do good to, to those who persecute you, you know, feed the poor, X, Y, Z. Do good for those who cannot repay you. Do good mm. for those who will not repay you. You understand what I'm saying? If if we love, and, you know, in Corinthians, they, they give us the characteristics of love. If we love, especially if we try to love the way God's love, we can't repay God. We human beings, imagine if God did good for us, expecting that we'd do it, do, do it back for him. We would never get, we'd never get anything. You understand what I said? And so the, the mindset that I've been shaking myself out of is like in all things, bro, when you do good, just don't even think about, don't even think about doing this for the sake of getting something in return, because that's what's led me to be wary. You understand what I'm saying? And now I'm trying my best to not be wary and doing well. So once I take away the expectation of the world, then it can help me like just to be motivated to, to continue doing good. Definitely. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it really does get discouraging. Though. Like, uh, like it really does get discouraging, especially when you feel like, you know, you did. I think, it, I think it, for me, at least down back then, like entitlement, like, you know, you do good. You expect to be doing good return, like in return, you know, like, you're like, oh, this should be the golden rule. Do good to us, you know, how do you I'm doing to you? Like, God, I've been doing good. Why ain't coming back to me? Exactly. But at the same I, time, like, I like what you say, like, you need to do good for people who do good for you. Like, you you no different than anybody else. Like, that, that's easy. <laughs> that's easy. Like, the real, and, and the real character is when people do do you wrong, can you still find the heart to be loving? Right, that's I crazy. think it's like, that's the real character of God. Because think about how we hurt God on a daily basis and we profess to be Christians. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But God still finds it in his heart to still bless us. And we're going to talk about some of this because even, this even ties back into parallel rule what we were talking about earlier. But just think about it. Like God blesses us more than we deserve because our righteousness is but filthy rags to him. Like, 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 really let that sink in. The best you could offer, the best is but a filthy ride to him, bro. Like, that's just incompre- mm. like, incomprehensible, bro. That's crazy. But yeah, don't be wary. <laughs> <laughs> don't be wary. We gotta go like a better transition one of these times. <laughs> but hey, that's the thought. So now we are picking back up in Ruth. 
And so as a recap, last week we covered Ruth 1 and 2, and we got introduced to Ruth. Well, really, Naomi was the first character we really got introduced and how her and her husband traveled to Moab in a time of famine in the time of the judges when everyone in Israel was doing what is right in their own eyes. They moved to Moab. Tragedy struck. Emiliac died. They had two sons. The two sons died, but before they died, they got married and had, and had two wives. The two, the two widows were Ophra and Ruth. The name of the character, the whole, this whole book is named after. But after they died, they had a, you know, they, um, Naomi heard that the Israelites were getting blessed by God again. She decided to move back. She told the two, uh, her two daughter-in-laws, like, hey, you guys can actually stay. After a bunch of crying and tears, one decided to stay and Ruth came back. Ruth, Ruth was so convicted. She said, where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your God will be my God. And if anything, and if anything differs from this, may God put me to death, essentially what she said. Hmm. Which is very profound. Jeff, definitely check, check out last week's episode to get the more full impact. But as we see, as they get, as they got back to Israel, they were widows. And being a widow without a son or a, a, definitely a male heir, you were almost at the lowest of the lowest because you had no one to take care of you and your family. So we see Ruth went to work. Well, essentially went to look for food because in the Israelite custom, the fields were not to be harvested the full way just because so the poor could set aside could, to get some provisions to eat. And we had to see God set this back up in Leviticus. So she went to the field, but the field she ended up going to was the man was a wealthy man named Boaz. And we see how Boaz became a protector for her. So I'd say, guess what? You don't have to worry about just picking up the scraps. You can eat from the actual harvest. I've already instructed my, my men to let you take what you want. If you need food, and if you need any water, and the water they get from the well, you can drink. As, Please stay with the woman of my field. That way you know you're safe and protected. No one can take advantage of you, which was perfect. So that's kind of where we're leaving off now. I'm, I'm picking up from now. So in three. So yeah. Anything I feel left out? I feel like I missed out an important part, but either way, I think it's going to come back up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we can, yeah, we could just keep it rolling. All right. So in Ruth 3, 1. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Now, Boaz, who's, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be Winnowing barley in the threshing floor. Wash, put on some perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you are there until he is finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. (laughs) (laughs) She just... Try to set root up. Yeah, no, 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 no. She set her up like not like in a bad way, but she she hook her up with everything that she needs in order to make her her a presence known. Yeah, her presence known, her feelings known, her intentions known. I'll say. So she, Naomi was like the OG. You walk it through, and then you you could assume that uh, Ruth, being a Moabite, might not understand culturally. The way you do certain things in the Israelite culture. That's actually yeah, that's, that's, that's a very important point. Yeah, in the Israelite culture. Because you can see some of this stuff is like 
I'm not going to say it's specific to Israelites, but they have meanings that we <coughs> in today's society in this part of the world, like in America, the Bahamas, this part of the world, we don't do these things. And, and we just read it, not understanding the significance of these things. You know, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it as we get there, but everything that she instructed has, has significance. And then to like, even going back and I think it was verse, so I could just look, I don't have to guess. But, uh, and even in verse one, he's like, must I find a home for you that you will be well provided for? Because Naomi knew, again, that the best way you can be taken care of in this land, this country, is if you're married. Yeah, I brought you here. Yeah, you provided for me. But the best way you could be taken care of in this country is if you get remarried. Like, mm-hmm. so Naomi essentially saying like, yeah, you know, you, you, you're doing okay, but you should like... My burden shouldn't have to be like your burden, essentially. You're saying like, let me like try. Mm-hmm. I too old to get married. We don't establish this, but you <laughs> still got some youth left. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. your name rhyme with youth. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> like something can shake for you at least. Mm-hmm. Oh my. So that's kind of what's happening there too. And why she's trying to like make sure that you like Ruth gets married. And verse five, I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything a mother-in-law told her to do. And again, we see, again, in my opinion, how much of an impression Naomi made on Ruth. Hmm. Because this almost reminds me, not to the same extent, but with Isaac and Abraham, like, I was just going to say that. Not questioning anything, not putting up any resistance. You say, do this, I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I, I was even thinking about Abraham and Eliezer when Eliezer, who was clearly a servant. You understand what I'm saying? So in the same way, you know, when when your boss or whatever make a request of you, mm-hmm. you know, the way how the way how you conduct yourself, you all to conduct each other. When Abraham was um telling Eliezer everything, remember the, the, the when Nehan was under the thigh and he was making the oath and he was mm-hmm. telling him exactly everything that that needs to be done in order for um for you to find Isaac's pride you understand what i'm saying like it, it like to me it was kind of like Naomi walking us walking us through everything you need to do because obviously men and women have different have different roles in the in terms of courting you understand like everything mm-hmm. you need to do to get Boaz's attention oh and one more thing i wanted to like clarify too which I just came back to me. Um, again, like I kind of made the little joke, like it sounds provocative, but in that culture, when she was instructing Naomi, well, when Naomi was instructing Ruth to lay down at his feet, today that sounds kind of like provocative, but in that culture, in, the, in that day, it was actually showing a sign of submission and humility. Like she was saying, present yourself there. When you go there, like you ain't trying to make no advancements. That's the... What she was telling to do was the form of a servant going to their master. Right. And, 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 and that's an important point because like, as I, as I was researching the significance of all that, that's what I, that's what I came to understand too. Now, if she had just say, cause you know, just, just think about your significant other, right? If you laying down or, or your sibling or your pet, not even trying to be funny. If you laying down and your pet come and snuggle up under you. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like if, unless you, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, like you stem type of people. But you, you would come and you would come and hug up 
on your cat, right? Or your dog or, or your sister or your significant other, right? Cuddle, whatever. The man's sleeping. Now, he more than likely sleeping on the threshing floor to protect his investment. Because as we can see um, throughout this time, sometimes people just come and steal your food. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, when, when we get the book of Samuel, we can see a specific instance where the Philistines came and you know, stole some food from the threshing floor. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So he probably just sleeping there to, to protect his investment. Naomi could have said, go and lay up on them. Hug up on them, X, Y, Z. But no, don't overstep your boundaries. Go there and show him that you are... And we can get there, bro. Let's just, let's just, yeah. let's just, yeah, let's just get there. Because <laughs> I was going to say something that's like, you're right, let's just, let's just get there. Um, <laughs> so you see, when, Bo- when Boaz had finished eating and drinking, and was in good spirits. I mean, food and drinking would do that to you. He, he went over to lie down at the far end of the green pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and, and, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned and there was a woman laying, lying on his feet. Who are you? He asked. I am your servant, Ruth. She said, spread the corner of your garment over me. Since you are my guardian, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. Mm. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. The, this kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a God and redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for tonight. And in the morning, if he wants to do this duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. You can lie here until the morning. And so, right then and there, you can read that. And you would say to you, I, I said to myself, all right. She tell the man, put his, his garment over her because you are my guardian redeemer. Right? So let's, let's take it in literal terms. If, if a woman tell me, put my garment over her, I wouldn't say, oh, wow, that's crazy. You didn't even ask the younger guys, X, Y, Z, if it was literal terms. So right now, something has happened. She made a proposal of some sorts, which warranted the response that Boaz um, gave. So Boaz responded by saying, wow, you could have showed your, um, what's the word? Well, you could have showed your... Anyway, you could have liked any of the young men in, in, the, in, in, in the town. You could have liked anybody. You could have showed your romantic interest in anybody, but you came to me. To me, that make me feel like Boaz look at her and say, wow, I about to hit the lottery right now because this is the most loyal woman in town. Like everybody, you famous for how loyal you are. And now guess what? As you mentioned earlier, and I hope I don't step on your point earlier. Okay, you keep going, bro. She came and did not wake him up. She lied under his feet, took off his shoes. These were the things that somebody who is a servant, not a slave, you understand, not in a demeaning way, Mm -hmm. but somebody showing respect, this is the way they conduct themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so when he woke up, and saw somebody show, showing him this type of respect just on the first wake up. And, and he found out that it's Ruth. That right there is like, whoa, I can't believe this. Let's just, let's just imagine Ruth is very beautiful. 
right? And I find that most of the time when we talk about women in the bar, we just as a margin, they're very beautiful. Mm-hmm. That makes the story a little bit more easy for me to like kind of put, <laughs> put two and two together. But, but check this out, right? You wake up and you see a very beautiful girl laying under you and showing you, bro, I have the qualities to be a wife. And the reason why I'm saying that is because she came and said, I'm not trying to be your ruler. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not. If you was to wonder what the relationship with me is like, it's not going to be. I'm not contentious. You understand? I'm not going to make your life miserable. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I am going to compliment you. You understand what I'm saying? And by submitting to my husband, if you are my husband, I would submit to you in the same way I am submitting to you while we laying down. That's essentially what her nonverbal communication said to said to Boaz. Go for it. Keep going. Finish. Finish. No, no, finish. Go on, go on, finish. Go on. No, because my thing is like, why to me, it's so profound as well. The humility and the submissiveness, because see, people usually humble when you asking for something where you have no rights to ask for. She, for what is worth, didn't have to be that submissive because why? Boaz was one of the family redeemers. It was literally his responsibility mm. Mm. to redeem them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. She li- and, and to me, that's why it's so. It's almost go back to Galatians six nine. Don't be wearing doing like don't like, don't get wearing doing good. Because think about it, she was doing everything good, bro. Up and, if, you, if you go to the last two chapters before that, she was doing everything good, even up to the beginning of this chapter, following Naomi's instructions completely. But they didn't have to come this humble because it mm. was his job to redeem them. She could have gone there and demanded. Mm, she could have been demanded that he redeemed them, but she ain't do that. And and, and, le- and like you're saying, legally, bro, this is the, it's not even him. It's him and someone else too. And we can get to the army and the spoiler. No, but we, 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 we really say it. So <laughs> oh, it's yeah, him as right. the next guy responsibility to like redeem them. So like they could have gone. Between y'all two, one of y'all got to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of have to do it. You know what I'm saying? So, but at the same time, it still shows the humility because it was still saying, because think about it. Naomi could have told Ruth to do all this, but Ruth knowing Understanding what say understanding how the law goes could have been like I don't have to do this. Hey Boaz, root understanding what it is to be a Moabite could say I ain't doing that. Exactly. First of all, <laughs> our people been at odds. Oh, oh, do you remember? You remember Ehud, the left-handed man who stabbed <laughs> the king of Moab at the time. You understand what I'm saying? So <laughs> exactly. We don't know if this was before or after. I assume after, but it could have been smoke between the two countries, right? Mm-hmm. And then even before that, just because you a widow. And uh, the downtrodden in Israel, you may not have been seen that way in Moab. More than likely, you were because it's the same, like the same general area. Yeah, you understand, you understand what I'm saying. But guess what? You have your family and friends in Moab, so your status is definitely higher than it is in Israel. You could mm-hmm. be saying, "Bro, I I wasn't never this low when I was in Moab." You understand why doing this in Israel? Root, mm-hmm. I love you. I mean, Naomi, I love you to death, but I ain't. I ain't getting under no man foot for nobody, especially <laughs> when it's somebody who owed this to me. That could have been, that could have been Ruth's Domino, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. That could have been Ruth's Domino. And even go back to, oh, go finish. No, 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 my boss, she submitted. Yeah, she submitted. And, and again, piggybacking up that same, she submitted point. So in the version I read originally, it said garment, right? And in the original King James, you would see take under your wing. So we read in King James, it would be like, uh, I just pulled up the King James too. So well, this is the new King James. But she said, for uh, I am Ruth, your maidservant, take un- your maidservant under your, take me under, take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close resident of the Redeemer, right? 
But so here again, so we see one version says garment and one verse says under your wing. So under your wing was literally, she's literally asked Boaz to take in marriage humbly. But it also could be translated as we see the more translation says, spread your corner of your garment over me. Because this was the cultural way back then to say, I am a widow. Please take me as your wife. So, 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 right. Even, even outside of wife, uh, even outside of widow, that was a cultural way to say wife. Mm -hmm. And 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 the reason I'm saying this is Deuteronomy 22 verse 30, right? A man shall not take his father's wife. In the same verse, it says, nor discover his father's skirt. Mm. You understand? So we can see where wife and skirt, these two were, were kind of synonymous in, mm-hmm. in, that, in that regard. I have another text, Deuteronomy. That's a good proof. Right, Deuteronomy 27, verse 30. And I was reading from the King James Version. Um, Deuteronomy. Oh, what am I saying? Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, we could just go. We could just go with that first point. But it's a few times where they where they reference, depending on which version you mean. Because like certain translations, they translate the idea that I was getting across. Certain translations translate word for word. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But um, definitely, there's a correlation between your skirt or your garment as a man and being a wife. So if you under my garment, under my skirt, that is basically saying you are part of my household. You under my protection. You you just a part of our, of my family. You under my wing. You understand? But it ain't like a like a mentor, mentee type of under my wing, but you are covered in us. You are covered by me in the same way we under God's wings. You know what I'm saying? Like you covered by me as, as, the, as, the, as the leader and protector of the family. And one more thing I'm going to point out before we move on. And to your point, Ruth might have been beautiful, but what really attracted Boaz to Ruth was her character. Mm. Was her character. I remember someone, someone told me one time, good looks don't raise children. Mm. So, whereas, it's for the young guys out there, you could have a 10, but what is her character? Because at the end of the day, Features, physical features change. Mm. With this person up inside them, what you actually going to be living with? Because when you get annoyed with this person, which arguments happen? It's the character this person going to keep you there, bro. <laughs> like, so that's just one thing to point out. He said, like, the whole town knows that you have a noble character. He was attracted to her character. Because he didn't really care. I mean, at the same time, like, he didn't care. Because you see, even above, he was, he was amazed at what Ruth was doing for Naomi the kindness she was showing. Her character was speaking for her. She was a woman of good character. That's very important. That's not something I just wanted to like graze over because we didn't really like talk about that like that much. But that's definitely something that's like important. Yeah. So we can the, see there was an age difference too. So I might even struck him different. Like someone this young having like such a worthy character is remarkable. See. And, right, and the text that I wanted to, to, to clear up was Deuteronomy 27, verse 20. Cursed be he that lied with his father's wife because he uncovered his father's skirt. You understand what I'm hmm. saying? So that's two different texts in, in Deuteronomy correlating wife and skirt, blah, blah, blah. But um, the, the way I perceive that is um, Boaz looked at Ruth, the whole situation I'm talking about. Boaz looked at Ruth and was like, someone's such a good catch that is choosing me over all of the youthful men who may have similar attributes to me. Like that took him by surprise. Like you could have gone for, bro, like you could have gone after all type of young men, but you choose to go to me. You understand? And that, to me, that kind of correlates that Ruth 
kind of had options and you know she she could have found a husband that was not you know you understand what i'm saying like it mm-hmm. wouldn't have been impossible for her to find a husband is what i'm saying but to your point as well it go two ways like you had options but you get me but at the end of the day you it's it's impressive it's impressive that you want me but it's also impressive your heart and who you are and not go for men and women male and female good looks don't what you say what how what, what, to say it go good looks don't raise kids oh good looks don't raise kids so you could have a guy who fly you understand he could be handsome he could be tough you understand what i'm saying but what the character like what mm-hmm. the character like so we see on the opposite end of the spectrum Boaz might have looked at himself as like, I might not be the biggest catch for you. You understand what I'm saying? But Ruth and Naomi see what the man character was like already. You understand what I'm saying? The character was there and it was undeniable. And so to Ruth, this a match. This a match. And I got to make my, my, uh, my intentions known. Matt, I like how you said that just now, right? Because think about it. Naomi probably knew there was a closer redeemer too. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? But she still bypassed. I was like, you know what? Bola's going to be the one. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> it just goes to show too, like the characters speaks a lot. Because anyway, let's get to it. Because we're going to see the character of the next guy. Well, <laughs> yeah. so uh, Ruth, Ruth 3 verse 14. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, no one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me a shawl, bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of, bar- six measures of barley and placed, a- and placed a bundle on her. Then he went back to town. Then Ruth came to her mother-in-law. Na- when Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? She told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, he gave me these six measures of barley saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Mm. Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Mm. That's that's a man who about his business, and Naomi know it. Mm-hmm. Naomi knows she just hang tight. Because I promise you, he ain't going to sleep until he settled this. Until he settled this today. That's 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 amazing. That's that's amazing. Like, um, I, I like this, especially as I say, in contrast to, to judges, where we mm-hmm. just had like it wasn't no happy stories, bro. It wasn't no happy stories. It wasn't no happy stories. But one of my takeaways, even now, it's like she get up on time, right? She get up before anybody know, and he say, yeah, nobody need to know you was here. a woman was here last night because at the end of the day, some you still have to shoo away the very appearance of evil. You understand what they saying? Ain't nobody know who. You are for real. They don't. They know. They know your character, right? But at the end of the day, you don't want to stay in your name. You understand? You don't want to give people an opportunity to think that you know something foul, not foul, like, but something provocative has happened here tonight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, and then, yeah. So let's be responsible. Like. And then too, like he didn't. I, I I personally think he didn't want the next guy to know that she was invoking her right before he actually could go and tell him personally, mm-hmm. like. Let's just say me and you as family members or something like that, right? Well, be cool. So let's just say something happened and involves both us, right? Mm. And then she's saying, I think, I think you're saying, I want you to hear from me first before you hear it from other people. Like this mm. happening. And you have first, right? I don't want you to think I'm trying to undercut you either. Because remember, mm. she came to him first knowing that, you know, you was the main guy to go to. 
They didn't yeah. say, guess what? You were first rights to this. This happened. I want to present this opportunity to you because if it come out any other way, it's going to sound bad. Mm-hmm. And you might feel some type of way because sometimes you just sound better coming from, your, from someone close to you who you know involved in the situation so sound better coming from them. Yeah. But then, oh, I yeah. think that's probably what it is, like bro code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And then at the same time though, it's like, you got to be wise in the way you operate too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if you know that you really would like to marry her, you understand? You know, see by law, there's is another relative who who have a who have more a stronger claim to redeem that family into Maria. You understand? But you don't wanna, you don't wanna, you wanna play your cards right. Essentially, you know what I'm saying? I want somebody try to snake me, or or just get like if <laughs> I want him to judge without me influencing how good of a catch this is. You say yay or nay based on what you know. You know what I mean? But if you see me and Rue um, just chilling, you might say, it might be something, it might be something about her, something good about her that, that's worth checking out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The, the town obviously knew about her, but, you know, Boaz had an even deeper connection um, from, from their interaction that night. So, yeah, I feel like, I feel like one of, among other things, he was probably just trying to make sure that he's going about this a lot, like in a wise way without showing his hand. Definitely. Um, so now we're in chapter four. So we see Boaz went to the town gate and sat there just as the guardian redeemer had mentioned, he had mentioned, came along. So Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. Drop <laughs> a squat. I like Boaz. Are you scaring him? No, Bo. No. Come here, we got to talk. Some serious matters at hand. Mm. So the guy went over and actually sat down. Because I mean, I guess when Boaz called you, you can't say much. <laughs> <laughs> so then Boaz <laughs> he ain't waste no time he took the 10 oh. elders of the town and said sit here Boaz just commanded oh, people what to do sit here yeah <laughs> then he said to the garden I like how this guy doesn't even really get a name Mm-mm. he said Naomi has come back from Moab is Naomi who has come back from Moab is selling the piece of land that belonged to our relative Emelech Eli Emelech however you want to say it I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest, and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seat, men seated here and in the presence of the elders of, of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me so I will know, for no one has the right to do it except you and I, and I am next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, on that day you buy the land from Naomi, you, will, you, also, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. So again, it's a tradition because their first son, since the sons died, their first son will technically be Naomi's son. Mm-hmm. So essentially he's also like, he's telling this guy, guess what? Okay. It's just more than just buying this line. <laughs> you actually fulfill other duties with this as well. So he paying the full picture to this guy. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. Are you willing to pay the price. Are you willing to be a redeemer? At this, the God of Redeemer said, whoa, that I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. Come, you got this. You could redeem it yourself. <laughs> then we see in, um, in verse seven, now in earlier times in Israel for the redemption and transfer of property to come final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. 
This is way better than putting your hand under the man. Hand up, man. Hey, my people, and then someone say, "Bruh, there's got to be a better way to do this. <laughs> It got to be a better way, man." <laughs> Bro, that's funny. So the God of Redeemer said to Boaz, "Buy it yourself," and he removed the sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, "Today you are witness that I have brought from Naomi all the property of Imelech, Kilion, and Mahalon." I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today, you are my witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate were said, "We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah." Which is going, bro. This like I even forget this part was here. Remember the point we talking about off part. Mm-hmm. Like that almost like fit right into that. Anyway, yep. who together built up the family of Israel? May you have stand. May you have standing in Ephrath and be famous in Bethlehem. Through right. the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like the be that be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. Hmm. So there's so much there. Before we even get to the last part, like you, like it was just so much that just happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your boy, I, I that make me think he just I, that make me think that was just too much for him for the um for the other um guardian redeemer to bear, you know what I'm saying? Like acquiring another wife and then having to bear a son for 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 Naomi, and then on top of that the real estate. Like I feel like he was like, yeah, this this too just taking too much maintenance, and I could probably neglect my estate and then in danger like losing my own estate. So. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, f- I feel like he just didn't have the the means or the resources to to take care of all of that 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 come with the um the the line. Bro, think about like, because I'm sure Naomi then probably was nearby just watching this happening. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I mean, think about it. Like, imagine that you want Boaz, this guy just said, "I will redeem it." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "No." They might have <laughs> been like a little like you know, like the Kermit the Frog gulp, like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, this is not going how we planned. Yeah, that sucks, bro. <laughs> Imagine. But still, like, it still shows, like, how, man, it just, it just, it just shows, like, how big of a burden that was. Like, to your point, like, this guy was not willing to go through all of that. Say, I'm not going to marry this. And again, even I want to keep hopping on this point, it's a foreigner, bro. At the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. a foreigner. And you know, they really wasn't into that like that. Mm-hmm. There's a foreigner. You're saying, mm, it's too big of a burden to bear. I ain't marrying this foreigner. The land sounds good to redeem it. I have no problem redeeming the land, but actually coming to marry and then the child technically ain't even going to be mine. It's kind of weird. I ain't really going to go through all of that. I, 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 if I don't need to take on this burden, are you willing to do it? So you honestly, you, like you essentially take him, like you sign in my bail. Like if I don't do mm-hmm. what you got it, it needs to be done. You want to do it? How about you it, my friend? It. You got it, bro. How about it? <laughs> So all yours. <laughs> How about it? Like that's that's interesting. And then and then it's, it's so crazy too because I think this goes back to the character. Because again, Boaz probably knew. I should say probably Boaz knew this guy's character. Boaz knew this guy probably was going to take up this deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like going through the formalities of it. I don't yeah. want you to feel slighted because if when you see me get the line, Clay, the only, Clay, the only thing you care about is the line. We can see Boaz by the book. He don't cut no corners. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And then, because the, think, think about it, right? 
You only care about the land. And then in hindsight, you could always say, yeah, how to Mario? You didn't give me the opportunity, right? Yeah. Mm. I put you on blast. I put you like on spot. Like, really, you have to make this decision right now. Yep, I'll just hear... Think about it. this man probably just you see he was coming into the city gate, bro. Yeah, he so, just mind his own business. Exactly. Like <laughs> you don't just come back from a journey or whatever. Like Ellis done just sitting down. This guy gotta make this decision on sports. So boy say, okay, I know him, he care about the money, but the responsibility he ain't care about. Almost like Esau. You know what I'm saying? Like the money mm-hmm. sound good. But again, same time, like we know what's gonna come from this Boaz them seed. Mm-hmm. The blessing and the responsibility part, this guy does not want nope. at all. And so when it was just about the land, he accepted it hands down. When he realized it came with some extra bikes and extra burden of redeeming a family, he said, no, I am not doing that. Boaz, you want this burden? Take it. It's all yours, buddy. But look at the blessing. Look at the blessings that the elders say. They named Rachel Leo. Exactly. Like, right. Mm-hmm. To your and, point. No, because even like even like even Tamar wasn't even surprised me too, because I was like, dang, y'all even mentioned. That's the first time I see someone really shout out Tamar. Exactly. You know like, I mean? Remember <laughs> my Judah and Tamar episode? Like, right. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know Perez's name was ringing like that. Like, I didn't know. Cause like, cause you know, they always mention Perez and because I mean, because he's a part of the genealogy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know, this made me feel like Perez probably was was well known and, and people respect him f- for things in his life, although we don't know much about Perez besides how he was conceived, you know what I mean? Exactly. And so now we, yeah, we see we see them shout out Tamar, you know, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar brought to Ju- to Judah. And that's a blessing. So you yeah. know it's a good thing just by context. You know, you know it's a good thing. Because I mean, for Perez, wasn't he like technically born before his brother, and he like took the birthright, and that's probably why Perez is the one who shouted, got shouted out. Because yeah, he carried the first birthright, and afterwards became happy and numerous in, in, in prosperity. Mm-hmm. So Perez took the birthright, so that's why he getting shout out. And then, <laughs> and let me think about it: Rachel and Leah, they are the mothers of the mm-hmm. children of Israel. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah. Because they were the legal wives. I mean, you still got Sip in the Billa and whoever else in there too. They don't really get that much shine because <laughs> it wasn't really wives. Not to downplay them because they did have a good portion to play in these 12 tribes. I'm just for saying. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, hold on. Before I even get to my other point, let's just say, I just want, I just want to finish off the reading and then like mm-hmm. my point will probably clear I didn't want to jump the gun. So we see in Ruth 4.13, Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son, which also makes me think Ruth might have been barren for some reason, bro. Because she didn't have, ch- you understand she what did, I'm saying? She didn't, she didn't have children for, and, and again, we see, we see specifically, and let's even go back to my other point again, which I'm going to bring up too. We see specifically, the Lord enabled her to conceive, bro. Right. Like it wasn't just like she had the kid. It was, and remember, nothing in the Bible without, without a reason, but like this kind of implied, because each time we see this verbiage, was with everyone else who was barren. The Lord opened her womb or something like that. So we see the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. So that's important right there. So see, but see, bro, that's why I was mentioning um, Rachel. Mm -hmm. That's why I saying Rachel Lee and Tamar. Because like to me, you take Rachel and Tamar and 
that's kind of root right now because mm-hmm. hey ma was a widow you mm-hmm. understand what i'm saying he did not have kids right um rachel could not conceive you know what i mean and so i like bro these these some very spot on people to compare or to bless um like to me it's like y'all are, it's, it's 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 not it's like they more than likely knew uh, roots situation and saying no worry people already been through that and you see how that end up i want mm-hmm. you to end up just like that mm-hmm. uh, yeah, anyway so then the woman said to naomi praise be to the lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer may he become famous throughout all of israel he will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Mm. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And we know Mm. David is the soon to be king. And then we just get a brief genealogy of David. Then this is the family tree line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Um, yeah, I said that right. Aminadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz. Boaz, the father of Obed. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David, the soon-to-be king of Israel, mm. who we also know the ultimate redeemer, was promised to come through the line of David, who also came through the line of Judah, hence Judah and Tamar, who was Perez. Like, again, I, I was telling Kazi off part too, like, it's, it's so crazy how much when you actually take a step back and look at the story, how much it reminds me of Christ. Because again, the name right there, just Redeemer, and that, that alone had me thinking. Just think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, look at, let's, 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 let's just take a step back and then we go back to like chapter two. There was a guy who was wealthy and on the, in all the land and, and in godly character. We know Jesus gave up his riches when he came, right? But going further down the line, from any point, Boaz knew there was family. Boaz knew he was the family redeemer. Boaz knew that they needed him or the other redeemer. But he knew they were in a predicament to be needed. And the reason why I point this out, because of any, he could have offered. He could have offered. Go, he could go. have imposed. Bing. He, he could have just taken us his wife. Like, y'all need this. I, I can come and do this. Exactly. He could have imposed. He didn't. He didn't. But what did he do? He said it was in hell. Y'all ain't asking me. Sure. But I will continue blessing y'all above and beyond what you deserve. Hmm. You say, why you say above what you deserve? Really? Because think about it, the Levitical law just said, guess what? I just need, if I, if my workers were to drop scraps, then I am to leave them and I'm just supposed to leave the edges of my field unharvested. Right? If you really, really serious about your money, I can guarantee you your workers ain't dropping no scraps. So the only thing you, re- I'm just being honest. Like, yeah. so the only thing you really leave in is the edges of your field to be harvested, right? Someone in your fields, bro, who look pretty, who you know don't belong there, right? Like to your point, you could have imposed, taken advantage. You say, you know what? 
I see the predicament you're in. I can take advantage. And a matter of fact, I can help you. Don't just worry about the scraps. Take above and beyond what you and Naomi need. You want water to drink? Go get the water to drink. For your sake, please don't go and work in anybody else's field. So we see Boaz took on the role of a redeemer even before they asked him to be the redeemer. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then what did what did uh, Ruth do? I'm gonna say Rachel, but what did Ruth do? Ruth took her problems to the only person she knew at the time could help her. Whereas he knew all along, and just yourself, we should be with Christ. Like it says in what, Peter 5, 7, I might get the first round by Noah's and Peter, cast all your cares and anxieties upon him. You know what I'm saying? And ain't a cast all of them on him. She came to him. She brought her problems to him. You know what I'm saying? Like she brought her problems to him. She said, guess what, Boaz, the verse says, and it's the verse, and the, the Bible says, that, you know, put your wing over me and cover me. Earl interpretation, Boaz, I need you. Please marry me. And we know Christ wants, uh, not in the marriage, but Christ wants us to come to him with all his cares. He's there willing, willing, ready, and able to help us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't just like he just there, like lounging off. They're willing and ready and able to help us, but we have to come to him. You know what I'm saying? Always they're willing to help us and always they're blessing us before we even ask him for help. So Ruth went to him, brought him her problems. Without hesitation, what do you say? I'll do it. I'll do it. There's a little earthly hiccup in the way, but I'll do it. I'll redeem you. I'll pay the price. And it's funny how the Bible show us how big of a price this was to pay because someone else who had the rights to do it didn't do it. Didn't do it. Didn't take on the responsibility. And Christ came down and I don't want to downplay it, but it's comparing to the story. He came down and used the word, I just used the little earthly hiccup. He came down and took out an earthly hiccup. But in our in, in, in his in his in his case, his earthly hiccup was he to come down here, get tempted by the devil, get heckled by people who he wants to save, paid the price by dying on his own creation, being mocked and ridiculed on the cross. To save us from our sins. That's the price Christ had to pay. You know what I'm saying? And then I was telling Kazi off part two. And this was before I even like remembered the Rachel and Leah thing, right? But I'm like, when you really step back and look at it from Genesis to now, because remember, everything is pointing down to, well, we want to get into David. Everything's pointing down to the New Testament and Jesus is coming, right? But look at how broken the family line of Jesus was. Mm. And how God had to use it to heal because we start off with Eve. Who? Yeah. Yeah. We know. <laughs> <laughs> we know. I don't want to say it, I'm bashing them. We know, right? Yeah. So, skip a few generations, you get to Abraham. Sarah was barren. Sarah was so barren that Abraham and Sarah laughed when God told them they would have a kid in their old age. And they right. still was like, you know what? We gonna bypass this and we gonna have Ishmael. You know what I'm saying? Like this is how barren Sarah was. They had Ishmael. We know that we know we know we know went away, right? But so, but God used Sarah, who was barren, open a womb. They had a son. Abraham had a son at hundred years old. And that's sinking. That's old. So now we go down the family line. Isaac and Rebecca. Was Rebecca barren? I can't really remember at the top of my head. I can let you check that. But we definitely I can know. say yes, bro, because I, I think I'm. 
Anyway, you continue. <laughs> I, can, I can let you know. Let you double check because I was saying yes or no, right? But we definitely know Leo and Rachel had fertility problems. Where one of the the Mandrakes, Rachel was so mad and just she had to cry out to the Lord for the help for her to have a son. And then she, you know what I'm saying? So Rachel really went through it to have kids. She did, you know this, you love this man so much, you want to have him so you give your own maid service so he could have like sons through you, for you, but not really for you because you really can't conceive. This is how broken it is. Now we get down to Ruth. And then even go to, even before you get to Ruth, we see the next person in the family tree is going to be Rahab. And we know Rahab was a professed, so Rebecca was, was, was mine? Yes, she, she was childless and then they prayed and she became pregnant. Bing. Right. Bing. And this is so, 25, 21. So again, so now we're seeing like how, how barren and empty this family tree is, but God was giving them life throughout mm. the whole thing to fulfill his promise so that we all could have life. And to me, that's a powerful metaphor. Like I ain't even trying to get fake deep or like dig myself into a hole. But we just see how when you take a step back and look at this whole family tree comparison, look at where we where we at now, look at where we've come from. Again, I was saying Rahab. Rahab was almost a professed, I shouldn't say professed, but it's a legend that she might have been a prostitute. You know what I'm saying? She's a prostitute and a foreigner. God brought, she, she, she ended up recognizing the real true God, said, I'm going to serve your God, much like Ruth did. Essentially got indoctrinated into the Israelite camp. And we see she's in the family tree. Now we have Ruth, who was a Moabite, who wasn't even supposed to be in Israel, mm. was so impressed by Naomi, followed her God, submitted herself to an Israelite man, brought her problems to the Israelite man, to the Redeemer, to the one who could restore life into their family name, redeem them by the estate, restore them to wealth and riches, make them prosperous again, brought her problems to him. He was able to redeem him. Just like how when we bring our problems to Jesus, he can make us whole. That's essentially what I was trying to say in a long-winded fashion. <laughs> See, no, but I love it, bro, because I love the parallel, especially because I was trying to tell you, I was reading this book up and down. It's only four <laughs> chapters, so it ain't hard to do that. But I like, bro, I did not see the parallel between Boaz and Jesus. It's despite the fact that the, this title is literally Redeemer, bro, like Guardian Redeemer, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, because my, my first, my first being... First time I was being exposed to the word Redeemer was through Jesus. So every time I think of Redeemer, I think Jesus. You mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? But it was people before Jesus that was that were titled Redeemers because of what they did for them. Now, Boaz, I like the I love the parallel because, bro, Boaz had hit within his means to do this. But Boaz did not want to do something that was not Ruth's intentions. He did not want to do something for Ruth against her will. And that right there is, is one of the strongest parallels with Boaz and Jesus. And the reason, and God just in general, because he gives us free will. 100% mm -hmm. free will. He could do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could even ask for, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, God ain't going to overstep what you, you allow him to. He's not going to overstep his boundaries if you're not allowing him to, essentially is what I'm saying. And the, and the thing is, what the reason I'm saying is this. Jesus died for everybody's sins, but not everyone can get into heaven. God ain't just going to like, real talk, God ain't just going to like, all right, I'm taking you all and I, and I can make sure you all be good to get into heaven. No, you got to do that. You have to submit to God. You understand what I'm saying? But there's so many other people you could go to in the same way Ruth could have went to someone else for this thing. 
But who was the who was who was the real one, bro? Who was the one who was going to redeem and has all of the capabilities and qualities to do that? You understand what I'm saying? Why are you wasting your time going to younger men and, and stuff like that? Naomi see it. Ruth see it. We don't have to waste our time going there. We know who the best candidate for the job is in the same way we know that with Jesus. You was going to say something? Boy. <laughs> go on, bro. Go on. <laughs> well, so when you said it would come to my mind too, it's two things. The first thing, well, anyway, I can say that one for later, right? But like when you say like, who has the power? Like you could try this thing and that thing. The first thing my thing, my mind went to the like, when it was like just a different religions, bro. Like when, because man, Romans say no one out there could deny the presence of God. Mm. No matter what people say, you have a God. If you don't believe in God, God, or don't believe in religion, you either believe in science, you believe in politics, you, you fill in a void, you fill in the God complex with something. Mm. Every human being innately knows there is a higher power. You could argue, we could argue, and that is a debate for a different day. I will take up a debate later. But like how you say, you can go to God. How much people just run to different things just to fill that void? And that, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. Like you could run to evolution, that evolution theory. You could run to just different religions if you've been hurt by Christianity, trying mm-hmm. to fill that void. But which one is the real redeemer? Hmm. Which one has all power to actually save you from your sins, to actually make you whole and complete? And it's only one, bro. And that's what came in my head when you were saying that. It's only one God. Like, it just only one God that can save us and redeem us whole, holistically. Only one. Everything else, it might make you feel good for the time being. Like Ruth, she could have gone with the younger man. She could have go find a younger husband. But would she have truly been redeemed? Mm. Probably not. She might have had a good time. Well, all her needs might not have been met. She might have had fun, but she might not have as much food or as much wealth or had the actual person put up the burden without like that she needed to be like done. So it just, it's, it's just so interesting, man. Like, cause what might not seem like the best option sometimes is really the best one. And Boaz might not have seemed like the best option initially, but as time went on, as they both got to know each other's character. And that's why it's so important to actually like spend time with God, man. And like actually like talk about him, actually try to learn his character. Because once you actually get exposed to the character of God, it changes your perspective. You know what I'm saying? Because it's one thing just to hear about this Boaz character. The thing about when Ruth was round around him, like from when we was introduced to Boaz in last episode, in, in chapter two, we instantly saw the type of character he was, the type of respect he demanded and commanded, the type of love and admiration people had for him. You know what I'm saying? You pick this up in like two verses. And the same thing with God. It's like once you actually start to get to know God and study his character, you get to actually understand who the God we love and we serve is. It just opens your mind to him and his character and you actually get to actually build that bond or a relationship and something that you might have been standoffish at first. You actually grow to love and actually see all the benefits that come with it. Come with it. Come with it. The story of Ruth doesn't seem to follow the common trend of the Bible. Instead of continuing from the book of Judges, this story takes a brief detour from the Israelite narrative and focuses on God's favor towards Ruth, a foreigner. In this story, we see an Old Testament account that God is not a God of exclusion, and to the faithful, He shows Himself faithful, no matter your background or culture. 
and continuing the trend of women who showed great faith during those times. We also have Hannah, an Israelite, a woman who received a gift from God and decided to dedicate it back to him. But we'll talk more about Hannah, Elkanah, and Penina on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Ayana Albertson Gay, as well as your host, Nikaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.